0: Welcome back to Streams, man. I'm your host, Red Carran, of the greatest monologue on Earth, Streams. This is episode 23. Um, I got a lot to talk about today. I got a whole mapped out plan for the first time in my life. And today we're gonna watch um we're gonna watch some clips um, of an interview that the Breakfast Club did with Larry Elder. I thought it was a lot of great talking points in this interview. Um and I'm interested in kind of sharing my thoughts on some of it. So it was a good dialogue. I think it was a good uh, good dialogue to have um, about the progression of our people, a good political conversation. Um, there's a lot of things in this conversation that I did not like. I had never really—I uh, knew who—I had heard or seen Larry Elder before this, prior to this um, interview, but I didn't really know who he was. He, in, According to him, in the interview, he has been a radio personality for like 45 years. He's a seventy one year old guy he's a Republican candidate for the next uh presidential election um but you know um uh, I don't know if I'll vote for him or whatever it's not really about that it's just more about the conversation being brought to the forefront which I think is good for you know whatever we're talking about any 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 um any discussion that needs to be had um you know. Any problems that need to be solved is what I should say. Conversations are needed. Discourse is needed. Um, but before I get started, um, I just wanted to take this opportunity to shout my boy uh, Demacio out, my, my boy D. I went to Southwest Fest last weekend and I um, ran and saw him in the, uh, he had his own merch table, or whatever. this bag with like a stencil of his name, of his logo. Just spray, spray down a little bit. He had an album on the table. He had an album on the table, like a mixtape. People don't do this anymore, so when I saw it, I'm like, damn, okay, I got to get one. But I actually forgot to get one before I left. So I called him and was like, bro, you still got any more of them tapes? Let me get one. He said, yeah, I'll bring you one. And he brought me one, but he was like, like, for $10 more, you get the tote and the hat to come with it. With his tag and his spray. This is the first time i literally ever seen the hat. Because I all I wanted was that album. This stuff was just bonus. But yeah, man. Shout out to D. Had a good time at Southwest Fest. Um, it was pretty cool. This is my second time going. Uh, first time I went was the first year. If it's inaugural year or whatever. Whatever you want to call it. Um, I also wanted to announce, I'm very proud of myself today. I ordered my camera that I've been... Um, I am for like five years now since 2018 when they dropped it and announced it the Sony a7 III I ordered it today after uh, plenty of grinding this month making some money I bought my camera man so I bought I found it on eBay pretty good deal made the guy an offer for Lord and when he listed it and he actually approved it like 15 minutes later and according to them it should be here like Friday today is Wednesday It's actually um, August 23rd, 3.47 a.m., so it should be here in two days, two or three days, Friday or Saturday. But yeah, man, let's get to this interview because there's a lot to talk about, and I don't know how long this episode is about to be. So I'm going to screen record on my phone like a true gentleman, and we're going to watch this clip. Let me make sure it's recording before I ruin this video. All right, bet. let's get it. The first video, they covered, um, Larry Elder talked about the epidemic of fatherlessness homes and why that's a major factor in our placement as people in this country and the problem for the country in general. Let's get it.
1: For example, the number one social problem in America by far is the epidemic, not of COVID, but of fatherlessness. 70% of black kids today enter the world without a father in the home, married to the mother, up from 25% back in 1965. Now 25% of white kids enter the world today without a father in the home, married to the mother. And the stats are clear. Even Barack Obama once cited them. If you're raised without a dad, you're five times more likely to be poor and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 20 times more likely to end up in jail. What's happened? In the mid-60s, with I think the best of intentions, a Democrat named Lyndon Johnson launched what he called the War on Poverty. And since then we have incentivized women to marry the government and incentivized men to abandon their financial and moral responsibility
0: yes that's a a a great point that i think uh we don't really talk about enough i mean people mention that stat a lot about um fathers not being in a home being a major factor um a lot of times i hear it from spoken about in a from a bitter place saying, oh, oh, men ain't ain't nothing, and men leave and abandon their families and stuff like that. But it's a much more complicated issue than that. The way that he just presented it was that um, Lyndon B. Johnson incentivized uh, the destruction of the family by introducing the Welfare Act and giving women um, help, essentially allowing them to marry the government instead of their men because the government, I guess, is more reliable in the end than... Um, their men were, uh, or so they thought. This was in the '60s, I guess, or the '70s, one of the two. I don't know. I didn't do extensive, extensive research. I don't have like a whole. I don't have a laptop sitting in front of me with a bunch of data and stats and stuff. You all know that's not how I do my videos, but, um, you know, that's the that's the that's the the data that he he presented, and I can understand why he presented it, saying that essentially, you, you bought our women out from up under us. That is a factor that no one ever talks about. You know, we talk about men leaving the home and men not being reliable or men not providing back then. I wasn't there. I don't know what was going on other than um, systemic things, which probably kept men either in jail, out of work, whatever, hard to make ends meet. I did watch a whole lot of good times as a kid, and it seemed like that's what they were going through was outside of the welfare. But I'm just saying the systemic things, making it hard to live daily life, making it hard to make ends meet as a Black family, a Black man, um, as we saw James Evans do, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't talk a whole lot about how um, these women were choosing to accept the welfare instead of staying with their men, which I think is something that is valid, valid to say, because while There was some point in this interview where uh, someone challenges him and says, you know, who was a part of the system? But he was saying, like, no one said that you had to accept the welfare. The welfare was not a requirement. It wasn't mandatory. It was something that was a choice, something that they chose in lieu of having their family as a unit. Um, He said they would send uh, caseworkers or social workers door to door to see if there was a man living in the home before they could approve you for this welfare, and then once you were approved for the welfare— then you could get assistance from the government, essentially allowing um, uh not allowing the man to be there and then allowing the woman to be married to the government versus her man, which is a great point lending to how we got to where we are today. Because then you have a whole bunch of fatherless, fatherless homes raising children under just a woman, which is inadequate. I'm not saying that these women were not courageous and they were not brave and they were not, you know, superhuman for the things that they did over the last six decades or the last five decades or whatever it spans, right? But a woman raising children on her own is not the perfect ideal situation. A lot of the times it happened because the men were pieces of shit and they would rather smoke crack or shoot heroin in their veins or whatever, smoke dust, freebase, and all that shit. And be outside running the streets and being homeless and being drunkards and winos and all of that. We already know that. We've talked about that to death, right? But on the other hand, like I said, it was a lot of choices being made which were to our detriment. A child being raised under under a roof with only one parent, whether it's the mother or the father, is inadequate. There is a piece of the puzzle missing if you do it that way. All single parents can attest to what I'm saying. You cannot be a single mother and then fill the spot of a man and a woman raising a child because there is not a woman on this fucking planet that can be what I am biologically and innately. It is impossible. You might be able to come close, but you cannot do what I do just as I cannot do what you do. My kids are asleep about 20 feet away from me, 15 feet away from me right here. I have them nine times out of out of 10. There is a piece of the puzzle missing when they're here with me because I don't have a feminine touch to help me raise them and I don't have a homemaker here to help me raise them and make their home what it needs to be. I try my best. I guarantee you, I would never get as close as I need to. Um, and that's tragic. You know what I'm saying? So I can only imagine what it, could feel like for a woman, because I'm not a woman. You know what I'm saying? But let's move on. Let's go to the second clip.
2: What are the reasons, uh, you know, if your statistics are right, what are the reasons that you think fathers aren't in the home?
0: As I said, it's
1: because uh, in the mid-'60s, Lyndon Johnson launched what he called the War on Poverty. and Charlemagne, literally, they sent social workers door-to-door in the inner city. I remember this. Mm Advising women of the availability of welfare, provided there was no man in the house, mm-hmm. it created an economic incentive for women to marry
0: the government. Same thing with whites. I'm gonna pause it right there, because I I wanted to mention uh, there was a point in time when me and my kids' mom were still together, and she was getting uh, she was getting government assistance um, in the form of food stamps or whatever, right? And we were I was still living in the home, but she filed it as if I wasn't, right? So one day I think. She was at work, or we were both home. I can't remember. No, no, no. She was at work, and I was home. And a caseworker came and knocked on our door. Now, I didn't know that they were coming. It just was like a random visit, right? Because they probably suspected that I was still there, probably because my license reflected that address and all that type of stuff. It's not hard to find out my tax information or whatever it is that they saw that was like, he's probably still living there. They knocked on the door. I answered the door. Like, it was a black lady. I'm like, what's, I'm like, hello? Like, how can I help you? And she's like, "Uh, uh," I think she asked for my kid's mom or something like that. And then she was like, you live here? And I said, yes. Because I didn't know who she was, right? Had no idea who she was. I'm like, yes, I live here. And she goes, in this house, you live here. And I'm like, yeah. She didn't tell me who she was. It was my rookie mistake for not asking who she was. This was a while back. It was my rookie mistake for not asking who she was or not recognizing who she might have been Um, because I had never seen anything like that, ever, never. I had never seen that. So she left, right? She walked away. She said, okay, and she left, and then the food stamps were canceled. (laughs) It's not a game. The fact that I was in the home, they was like, no, they're not, we're not giving you nothing. So- (laughs) But I I understand that, and I think, you know, I think the reason is because there shouldn't be a need for a government assistance if you have a man. I don't think—because she didn't say, you got to leave. She didn't say that. She just left and was like, okay, well, your plan is canceled. Like, your your assistance is canceled now, right? So the idea is that you shouldn't need assistance if you have a man living in this house. And I I get that. You know what I'm saying? It makes sense to me. So— but I only wanted to mention that story because it is real. It isn't some some foregone, you know, it's not some distant folklore, you know, folktale that they will come to your house and see if there is a man there. And if there is, they will take the assistance away from you. But I understand it. I understand both sides.
1: Let's resume the video. In 1965, 8% of whites entered the world without a father in the home married to the mother. Now it's about 25%, also up threefold. Look at census data, 1910, 1920, 1930, in places like Milwaukee, Chicago, uh, Philadelphia. A young black kid was slightly more likely to be brought into a world with a father in the home married to the mother than a young white kid. We have incentivized this kind of bad behavior, and it's had a disproportionately bad effect on the black community.
0: Absolutely. That's the end of that clip. So he's saying back in the 60s, it was less likely for a white kid to be born into the family with a mother and father married It was less likely for a white kid to do that than it was for a black kid. The reason that he's drawing that comparison to the 60s versus now was that he's saying back in a time where things were much more racist, much more overt, much more overtly racist, much more uh, systematically racist than it is today. Um, We're talking about when people were barely just getting the ability to. Um, drink from the same drinking fountain or (laughs) um, go into public restaurants or use public restrooms or use or vote or things like that. Right. He's saying back then when things were so much more systematically racist than they are today, the family structure was still something that we valued as a people. So it kept us out of certain things as opposed to today where we don't give a fuck about family and we abandon the idea of family for, um, instant gratification, or short-term gratification, or being free from your man so that you can go and club, or being free from your girl so you can go and be a womanizer, right? That we destroy our families and we leave our women, or the women leave their men, in the uh, for the for the for like um, self-liberation or whatever. But then you're destroying your family in the in the, in the process. When that wasn't a thing back then. Back then it was more commonplace for a family to stay together because that was all that we had you know it was a man and a woman usually a single uh, single income could sustain the household um, and all these sorts of things have changed but his point is saying that back then we valued family which is why in a worse time where there was more racism more overt racism where we were closer to slavery than we are today right in the 60s the 1960s, we were only 100 years removed from slavery Today, we're like 160, 100 and, yeah, 160 years removed, just about something like that. Even further, there's more black millionaires and more black billionaires than there's ever, ever been in the history of America. We're talking about 300, 400, 500 years of America before it was even called America. There's more black millionaires and billionaires now than there, are, than there were then. But somehow, we're in the worst socioeconomic space position than we were 60 years ago right and his 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 point is saying that the reason for that is because we don't value family let's keep keep going clip number three let me ask you a question what do white people do wrong and this is where the bullshit starts i'm gonna pause it right there Charlemagne says let me ask you a question what did white people do wrong what does that mean what do you mean what did white people do wrong We know what they did wrong. You know why? Because we've talked about it. We've marched and we've talked amongst ourselves and did summits and sit-ins and all these things. We know what they did wrong. But what does that have to do with this man talking about what we need to do to focus on ourselves to improve our position as people, to improve our condition as people? Why is the first thing that he decides to do is to deflect back to someone else as if the blame cannot belong to us i got to talk i got to talk deeply about this point because as a black man <clears throat> as a black man i understand the plight of our people i understand that we have tried to build communities and systems of our own and they have been destroyed by racist motives and racist white people devils that's what i like to call them right i know that i am not a white apologist not to, not not back then not looking back at history and not today because i also understand that there's a bunch of things that also currently persist and exist um that are racist you know um I want to be precise and concise doing this. I'm not a white apologist. I am not um, one of those types of guys that thinks um, white people have done no wrong and that we're just exaggerating. I don't feel that way. Um, Watching this interview, as much as I like the things that Larry Elder says, some of the times I felt like he might be that kind of person that almost feels like... um, we're being too harsh on white, racist people. And I don't, I don't personally feel that way. I think they have done some horrible... No, I don't think. I know that they have done some horrible, horrible, unnecessary, uncalled-for, evil, demonic shit for hundreds and hundreds of years. I know that for a fucking fact. All the way up until now, not just 60 years ago, 160 years ago, Or 300 years ago, yesterday, they have done some horrible shit, right? But I don't think the answer is sitting around whining about white people. Right now, I don't. I think it was valid when the Black Panthers did it or when Malcolm X did it or when Martin Luther King did it. Because they were living in a time where you could not go to certain bathrooms, like I said, or drink from certain water fountains. Today, it is not quite like that. There is racism, but today's racism, to me... In my personal experience as a black man for 34 years, it looks more like, oh, I don't like you, or they look at us mean. I drove through Missouri, going to the Ozark Mountains. Some white men looked at me nasty when we were driving past in our big-ass t- black towel with tinted windows. I don't give a fuck. You look at me nasty. It's not the same as you lynching me and hanging me from a tree. Not to say that they won't do it, because ironically enough, we were... Um, In a part of Missouri where like they said the KKK was headquartered or where it started or some weird shit like that. I know it's possible, but I also know that there are so many black people with and there are so many more black people with money today that we're a little more insulated from those problems than we were then. Because now we have entire cities to ourselves. Damn near Detroit is one of the blackest cities, if not the blackest city in the whole fucking country. I live here. You know, I am insulated from a certain amount of bullshit for miles and miles and miles. Now, if you go, you know, there's racism everywhere. I'm not saying there's not racism for miles, but I'm saying we're insulated from certain extremes because we have multiplied in numbers. There is strength in numbers. We are black people. We have multiplied from maybe back then we was like 13 million of us to now there being like 40, you know, 50 million of us or something like that, like. Um, 35 million of us, 40 million of us, or something like that. There's more of us. Um, there's e- It's easier for us to have much more of us in a particular concentrated spot so that we don't have to necessarily deal with sundown towns and shit like that. Now, Livonia. Livonia, Michigan, which is about 15 miles from here, used to be a sundown town. I had an apartment out there, or right on the cusp of Livonia, for what, seven years or five, six years or something like that. 60 years ago, I couldn't even be there with my skin color at all. You know, after the sun went down. Things have changed. That's all I'm saying, right? The answer is not whining about what white white people have done. The answer at this point is looking inward, looking in the mirror and figuring out what we need to do. Black Wall Street happened, or uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, happened. Race riots all over the country, or whatever, you know, whatever it was, racial attacks, flooding, poisoning our cities, all that type of stuff. Those things absolutely fucking happened. All through the South, all through the North, they enslaved us, they imprisoned us, even after we were free, quote-unquote. We were still slaves, we were still used, we were still sharecroppers, all of those things. That's not what's going on today. What's going on today? There's a lot of racism that is covert. There's a lot of racism that is subtle, but a lot of the racism is like superficial shit. You don't want me in this Walmart. They'll call the police on you. Shit like that. That's the covert part. They'll call the police and use that as a as a means to you know to commit homicide against you. Shit like that. I know that, but it's not quite the same thing that our ancestors or our predecessors went through. It's not the same thing. So at this point, we're safe enough. I'm not saying there isn't any racism, but I am saying I've been living in Detroit for 34 years and I've never seen a nigga that I know be lynched out here. I've never seen the nigga that I know get ran down on with a uh, pickup truck full of white men saying, bring that nigga outside like they did Emmett Till. That's not happening right now. You know what I'm saying? So at this point, I think things are safe enough and clear enough for us to look inward and focus on what the fuck we need to be doing. It is not white people's fault that these houses all up and down this block is fucked up and abandoned and all niggas is running in and stealing shit and fucking people up and shooting each other and all kind of shit that's going on. I get notifications of shootings happening every day. That shit is not white people's fault by and large. It is white people's fault through the way that they have systematically destroyed our values and shit through um, redlining and all of these things. We know all of that. But at this point, I don't think niggas are too stupid to overcome that. That shit is distant. It still goes on in small. I'm not saying it doesn't go on. It still goes on in a lot of ways. But I think, niggas, I have more faith in, in your thinking ability, or at least I did, to overcome that and look at each other and say we shouldn't be shooting each other if we're aware of a fucking problem that is attacking us or that has historically attacked our people all this time. Niggas need to stop. Dog, let me just play this video. Larry Larian. What do you mean?
1: What do white people do? I'm not worried about white people. I'm worried about what what what's going on with us. But if,
2: there, if there's if there's systemic racism in this country, which I, we I, know
1: I, it is. No, no, I I don't say there is. You say there is. I don't believe that. Oh, you don't believe there's systemic No, there racism? used to be. Obviously. Mm. Tell me, tell me what you think the number one systemic example of systemic racism is in America.
2: Oh man, there's so many. Just give me,
1: just, just give me the most important one. You think? But
2: at the top of mind, I probably maybe say maybe mass incarceration. Maybe.
1: Really. Um, in, during the Great Depression, when 50% of black adults were unemployed, you didn't have this kind of mass incarceration. It's the breakdown of the family.
0: It's the breakdown of the family. Oh, man. I agree with that. It's the, it's the breakdown of the family. Why would, a nigga, why would a nigga not hang out all night, get high every day, smoke weed all motherfucking day, walk around with no pride in the way that he looks or dresses? Um, niggas ain't got jobs. Niggas just riding around selling weed and doing dumb shit all day. Niggas just beating their women fucking hoes all left and right. Why would they not do those things if there's no father in their house telling them to get the fuck home? pull your motherfucking pants up, stop acting like a goddamn idiot, get in this motherfucker, do your homework, go to school, and if I don't, if I catch you skipping school, I'm going to beat your motherfucking ass, all that type of shit. Why would a nigga not do whatever the fuck he want to do if there's nobody for him to fear, if there's nothing for him to be accountable, uh, no one to hold him accountable, nothing for him to be accountable for? Why would a nigga not do all kind of dumb shit all day? You understand what I'm saying? because I could tell you from experience the reason why I didn't get into the type of shit that these niggas right around me right here got into all the time was because I was more afraid of my father than I was afraid of any fucking thing else. I didn't give a fuck what was outside. I was I was more concerned about what was at home. I used to talk in class a lot because I was really excited to be in a school with my friends. I had some of my some of my closest friends I went to elementary and middle school with. I still talk to them some of them to this day, you know what I'm saying? I had classes with them. It was hard for me not to talk, but I used to get in trouble for talking a lot because I was so excited to be next to my friends doing classwork, especially because we went to school, you know what I'm saying we went to school for like several several school semesters without ever having class together, but we were still friends. Towards the end of that like seventh, eighth grade, I started getting classes, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. I started getting classes with some of my best friends. And it was like, oh, this is cold. Like, we finally got a class together. We in class all, we can hang out all day now. Before school, after school, during school. So I would talk, right? They would call home and tell my dad, like, yeah, we've been asking him to stop talking all day. He won't stop talking. And that alone would get my dad all over me, bro. And it was terrifying. It wasn't terrifying because, you know, he was just some abusive Guy, no, it wasn't nothing like that. He didn't even have, I didn't even get whoopings. My dad would pop me on the head. My dad would grab me up, hem me up, use that voice, use that power, and it would feel like I got a whooping because that's all he needed to do because I was so fucking afraid of him. It's the same thing that the Christian church tries to institute by saying, oh, if you do this, God is going to strike you down. If you do this, you're going to spend an eternity in hell, lake of fire, uh, blah, blah, blah. You're using fear, it's fear-mongering, you know what I'm saying? You're using fear to try to keep a motherfucker out of it. That's what a father represents, for a son, especially. For daughters, I'm, I imagine the dynamic is a lot different. I don't have a daughter, I've never been anyone's daughter, so I don't know what that, dyna- that dynamic is exactly like. But I imagine it's quite different than it is for a son and a father. Because my father dealt with me quite different than he did my sister. I didn't want to get involved in a bunch of bullshit because my father was at home. Not because I cared about the police. I didn't give a fuck about that. Not because I cared about the principal or the teacher. The only reason I was afraid of the principal or the teacher is because I knew they was going to call my father. That's it. Because I didn't want to disappoint him. I didn't want to get my ass beat by him. None of that. You know what I'm saying? I knew I couldn't run in the motherfucker's liquor store and steal a bunch of shit and go home. And nobody was going, you know, my I come home with a handful of shit. I'm all out of breath. My dad could put two and two together. Nigga, did you just steal that shit? No, no. There's no way I'm getting away with that shit. He's going to beat the shit out of me and then march me back to the store and return all that bullshit or whatever it is. You know, I don't know. I don't know what he would have done in that particular instance, but I just know the reason why I didn't do stupid shit is because I know I always had to go home to him. I couldn't, what else, what am I going to do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can go do some stupid shit, run through the mall and steal a Gucci belt and some shit and run home. But he's going to know that my mama or he couldn't afford to buy me no fucking Gucci belt. You stole that motherfucker. Now, where the fuck did you get it from? Let's watch the next clip. Mr. Elder, a quick question.
3: Let's just remove the word racism since that seems to be a word uh, that, that, triggers you know a conversation down the waterhole let's just focus on the word system uh you mentioned that the system uh was the one that discouraged and again we have no problem uh, with agreeing that the the family the the black family should certainly uh has some room for some improvement but let's just focus on system room for improvement system well we're not gonna go down that water you we're not gonna go down that waterhole let's get to the question so the question is you said that the system encouraged uh black women to be single mothers correct
1: I said the welfare state, yes.
3: The welfare, the system. So who's okay. in charge of the system? Who was in charge of the system?
1: Well, it was Democrats that passed it.
3: And who the, were Democrats? The, were they black or white at that time?
1: Well, at the time, majority of black people were Democrats as the majority of black no, no, people no, no. are Democrats not, now. not the
0: voters. I'm, I'm talking about the system, remember? right? Not the voters. Don't want to talk about the voters because the voters would put some of the onus, it would put some of the fucking um, blame on on you, black people, right? To say that we elected a bunch of white faces, a bunch of, see, that's why I don't agree with that Democrat or Republican shit, especially back then. I've studied a little bit of history. I know a lot of people that know a lot more about history than me. But the little bit that I know, especially in my studies of of black history and looking back at that time when Malcolm X was around and all of these black leaders were around and shortly after their deaths, these presidents that were in place, whether it was Reagan you know, Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, J, you know, JFK, all of that stuff, right? I look back at those times. I believe a lot of those presidents were flat-out racists who got jobs, and we were the ones that appointed them, uh, you know, not not totally because there's a lot of a lot more white people in this country and there's a lot more white democrats i would imagine back then i don't know the numbers but i do know black people have been sticking by this democrat shit for so long that it almost doesn't matter i remember the first time i ever went to a voting poll it was at a it was at a it was at a school for like special kids it was a it was a college like a a, a special education college right on davison near uh Right on 75 near Davidson, right on the service drive of 75, right in my neighborhood, right at the end of the block. We run up against 75. And then there was a special college, like a special ed- education college. My mother, and my father went up there to vote. This was back in the 90s. I don't know who they were voting for. It probably was. Um, it probably was. Um, I'm trying to think of my age. It might have been the second term for Bill Clinton or something like that. Probably was the second term for Bill Clinton. I was pretty young. Right? So we get there. And while they're voting, they're back in the back voting. I'm sitting up front in the hallway kind of just hanging out with this lady that's working the polls. She's like passing out whatever, passing out ballots or something like that. While I'm sitting up front, she's talking to me. And I remember her talking to me. And she gave me a ballot to sort of just play around and practice with. And... I remember during our conversation, I was asking her, like, I don't know who none of these names are. I don't know none of this Me, She just kind of entertaining me because I'm a kid, right? And I remember her saying, I believe, it's a long time ago, I'm old, 30 years ago, almost. She's like, you know, if you don't know who they are, just fill in Democrat. Just choose a Democrat. Because you can see Democrat or Republican next to the names on the ballot. There's like a D or R, or flat-out said Democrat or Republican, I don't remember. But I'm pretty sure it says DR or Independent or whatever their party might have been, right? That right there goes to show you how fucked up the mentality of our people are. Because we're choosing people just because of the party that they uphold versus the policies that they uphold. We're electing people just because they're Democrats, and we believe Democrats to be fair and just and for the people, and they tax low and all of these things. But that's not the fucking truth. I don't give a fuck about either one party. I care more about specificity, like specified policies. I care more about what this person is talking about, not the party that they choose to run under. Because even that's a political decision. Sometimes these people, choose. I mean, they align with their parties because of their values, conservative, left, right, all of those things. My political science is not super sharp. I don't know too much. I know a little bit. But I know even then, a lot of times people choose their parties because it would be more beneficial and they know that their personalities or their policies would appeal more to this group than that group. It isn't because they really give a fuck about that being a part of that clan. They don't care. They want to be accepted. They want to be voted for. They'll claim a party just because it will work better for them in the long run. But we're just like choose Democrat just because that's the party for us. It isn't. Democrats is the ones that was behind slavery and Jim Crow. Democrats is the one that's behind abortions and whatever, you know. They're they're behind a lot of fucked up shit in the past. So we believe as a people we're supposed to just choose Democrat because that's what the that's what we're supposed to do. Why? Everybody else in this country is playing their position based on the information that they get. Here we are talking about the Democrats is for us, but the Democrats is almost enabling us to continue to be poor. Continue the video. For the
3: main idea is the worst system. Who was in charge of the system at the time, the, the Democrats at the time, the system? I'm just going to Charlemagne's point about white or black. Was it white Democrats in charge of the system or black Democrats in charge of the system? Well,
1: if you're prepared to say that Lyndon Johnson did this viciously with an intent to destroy the black family, I disagree. He did it with the best of intentions. Uh, And if you you look at if you look at The New York Times, which is left wing, The Washington Post, which is left wing, they cheered all of this.
3: Right. And what I'm asking was it white people. So I'm going to ask again in case my mic's not coming through clearly. I don't like
0: that shit. I'm going to ask again in case my mic's not coming through clearly. You're trying to be an asshole. See, and I don't understand that either. You, you, you... It's like just because you're sitting amongst somebody that you don't agree with or that sits on an opposing side doesn't mean that you have to be disrespectful or you have to be an asshole. Diplomacy calls for discourse. Motherfuckers is having conversations with people that they're, that are their mortal enemies. I've seen... Uh, U.S. presidents go and shake Kim, Kim Jong-un's hand or his father's hand and shit. They're mortal enemies. They do not agree. They are not on the same political side of the world. They're, if there was a world war, Korea, you know, that, that part of the world is not in favor of America necessarily. But those things change all the time. Those lines are blurred all the time. I'm saying that to say just because you're amongst your enemies doesn't mean you have to be a fucking asshole. Sometimes it takes for you to smile, be cordial, shake a motherfucking hand, say your point with respect, get your shit off, and let them speak With the same way y'all might say opposing things or you might say a bunch of shit that could lead to war. But a general is going to be like, okay, well, I guess we're going to war then. Stand up and walk out. You're not going to say, well, I'm going to say this again. Could you imagine a United Nations meeting and the representative for America is in there talking about something? I'm going to say this again in case my mic it's not coming through. Clearly, we don't want you to have mass, weapons of mass destruction, like all that spicy shit. Unnecessary. It's childish. It's emotional. Let's continue.
3: White people in charge of the system are black people in charge of that system that helped break down the black family. It's a simple. Yes. Just a simple question. White or black?
0: Well, you didn't have to. I don't like that shit either. You ask a motherfucker a question and you gonna tell them how they gotta answer. You yes or no, white or black, yes or no, this or that. You can't tell a motherfucker how to you asking him this loaded ass question, but you only allow him to answer with one or two choices that you gave him? How? How you gonna tell a nigga how to answer this question? You ask she what she's trying to do is corner this nigga into saying white people was the reason why there was fatherlessness. But he's already and he's already. He started the speech with saying Lyndon B. Johnson, but he did say um, he believed with the best of intentions introduced the Welfare Act or whatever it's called, right? He already said there was a white man that instituted this shit, but it destroyed black people. He said he might have done it with good intentions, but ultimately it was not good for us. So she said, is the person that was in charge of the system white or black? He's already said Lyndon Me Johnson. He's a white man.
1: Let's keep going. To go on welfare, unless you voluntarily chose to go on welfare, the inducement was put there uh, by, Democrats, uh, by white the, Democrats, by the, by the left. Okay.
0: White well, Democrats, Well, most black,
1: most black people were Democrats, and they voted for these white people, Not too.
0: voters. I said, who's
1: in charge who's of the system? Charge. Well, who puts
0: them? Who... In charge of the system, but we are living in a democracy where the fucking leaders are voted in and chosen by the people, bro. You know, that's how it's supposed to be. Now, I know the government can be corrupt and has been corrupt and is corrupt on many different levels and many different ways, many different facets of government. is corrupt. Understood. But it does not change the fact that when a motherfucker was running under the democracy flag and he was going for office or going for whatever the fuck, the comptroller, the motherfucker, whatever it is, city council, we was choosing Democrats blindly because that's what we pledge allegiance to. Democrats. So if Lyndon B. Johnson was a Democrat or whoever the fuck they're talking about was a Democrat and they ran the system that imposed these things on us, we chose those leaders to do it because we were pledging allegiance to the Democrats, thinking they were for us. But his whole fucking point is that we did that in error because they have not historically been for us. They haven't.
1: Let's just keep going. Who put him in charge? Was Lyndon Johnson them, white or
0: black? Who put him in and maybe charge? Maybe that'll help.
1: You. Fine. Lyndon, Lyndon, Lyndon Johnson was white. Thank you. Okay. But but if your argument is that the reason he did it was because of racism, then no. I disagree. He did it because of. That's the,
3: not my argument. I just asked you a simple question Was he white or black, Charlemagne?
0: Um, I do think Lyndon B. Johnson was a racist. <laughs> and I think we chose that race. I mean, we didn't choose him. He actually was in office because JFK got killed. He was the vice president. But um i think he did get elected for his no maybe he didn't see i don't know m- enough about politics to talk about that um particular thing but like i said she's like was he white or black but he's like i already said that he's lyndon b johnson we all know that he's white he was in charge of it but what he's trying to point out is that black people have been um, pouring all, putting all their eggs in this Democrat basket blindly because that's what we have been told to do, and they've been pulling at our heartstrings with all of these things. Oh, we will promise to help you with this, and oh, we will promise to help you with that. And then Republicans look bad because they have conservative views. They don't. They. They're not pro-choice. I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I like. I haven't really thought too much about the pro-choice, pro-life thing enough to like be stern in my decision. But that's where I stand today. I'm I'm okay with the pro choice because it is their bodies. That's I understand that, right? But conservatives or Republicans have conservative views a lot of times. They 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 they're against abortion. They tax uh they they're like uh very money economy driven where that kind of intimidates black people in a lot of ways because we don't got no motherfucking money or we didn't historically have money. But things are different now. Like, I urge you, if you are a black man or woman listening to this shit and you still feel like the only thing you can ever vote for is a Democrat, then you need to you need to do some fucking research. Because especially if you're older and you're established and you got some money or you got a house or something, start looking into some of these Republic, Republicans. I'm not saying Republicans are the saviors, because none of these motherfuckers are saviors. They don't give a fuck about us. They don't. They don't give a fuck. But I promise you, a lot of times Republicans have policies that would be better benefiting for you owning a house or having a uh, uh, income over a certain bracket. It would tax you less or whatever it is that they do because they're looking out for their fucking friends that make a billion dollars a year. So in that, you would fall in the fuck, you would get swept up in that wave and you would pay less taxes too, depending on the politician. Not saying all Republicans have good policies based on taxes or whatever, because they don't. But I'm saying, waving this fucking Democrat flag blindly and just so dedicated to that is stupid, bro. Because all politicians have different policies and different views and different opinions. We're so afraid. And let me just keep going. Next clip. Uh, let's take
1: Chinese Americans. Uh, Chinese Americans were the first ethnic group to be excluded with an Immigration Act in the late 1800s. Uh, they had riots against Chinese uh, in L.A., in San Francisco. There were laws that prevented Chinese-Americans from participating in the laundry business. Uh, I'm in California. California, of course, rounded up Japanese-Americans during World War II. Yes. There were laws that prevented Japanese-Americans from owning farmland. The average Japanese-American household has a higher per capita income than the average white household. The average Chinese-American household has a higher per capita income than the average white household. How does that happen? It happens because of a strong belief in family. It is rare for a Chinese-American or a Japanese-American kid to have, uh, to have a child outside of wedlock, and a strong belief in education, and a strong belief in entrepreneurship. These are the kinds of qualities that
0: make people you successful. Can't, you can't. A lot of our answers are right next door to us in other communities. We live in Michigan. Dearborn is right behind me. In those communities with Arabs and even Chaldeans or whatever else it is, They live a certain type of way, and we all know that because we all talk about that. They shack up. They share cars. They live below their means. It'd be 18 people in a house. They don't let motherfuckers come and fuck with their daughters. If they find somebody fucking with their daughter that's outside of the culture, they will chop their motherfucking head off. All of those types of things that we make fun of as black people, all oh, them niggas is crazy. They're crazy. Look at this. It's 15 people living in a house. They all work at the same pizza shop and all that type of shit that we think is funny is exactly what the fuck we need to be doing. Why the fuck do a nigga open up a goddamn rib shop and he won't—well, uh, um, I do understand, I do know why. If a black man named Sam open up a rib shop on Liver Noise, he needs to be hiring all his goddamn nephews and cousins to run that bitch, whether it be doing balancing the books, you know, working the register, cooking the goddamn ribs, making fries or whatever, cleaning up, taking out the garbage, delivering shit to it or— Export and export, importing to the restaurant and to and from the restaurant. Whatever the fucking business needs to run, his family needs to be involved in it. But guess what? Because these niggas is so fucking stupid and so opposed to working hard, Sam can't do that. Because his nephew would rather wake up, smoke weed all day, get on Instagram and flash some fucking money on his fucking story or do some dumb shit than to go and work at this rib shop because that's not glorious enough. He can't get a gold chain that way, so that's beneath him, right? But then you go to Dearborn, I know a nigga that's, he got all Arabs working in this chicken place that I go to all the time. Everybody Arab and maybe one black girl. Right? One black girl. Everybody else Arabic. Everybody else speak two, three different languages. You know why? Because there's power in giving your neighborhood and your people, your community opportunities but we're not doing that shit. Instead, when a motherfucker open up a shop, we run in and rob that motherfucker instead of asking for a job. We run in and shoot the owner in the fucking head. Japanese and Chinese people he's talking about in this video, he's from California. He said they were rounded up during World War II, I think he said, and put in internment camps and all that type of shit. Horrible story. They went through some shit, but they didn't go through what black people went through. So I don't necessarily fully agree with what he's saying, which is why I clipped this when I the reason why I clipped this up. I don't necessarily agree with everything he's saying. Um he's saying white, he's saying Japanese and Chinese people even outperform white people though, which is kind of amazing to hear. I don't know the stats. He could be totally wrong or lying. I can't put that beyond him. But what I do know that if if it is true, it's pretty fucking impressive. But I wouldn't be surprised. You know why? When I went to New York, there was a goddamn Chinatown, and it's big as fuck. When you walk through Chinatown, there's all kinds of stuff in Chinatown. It's not just all Chinese. But within Chinatown, there's a lot of Chinese people, and their families are all running a shop where they got duck carcasses hanging from the or chicken carcasses hanging in the front window, and they're selling selling Peking this and udon noodle this and ramen and all of this type of shit that they're selling. They have a whole town in Manhattan dedicated to their culture, bro. It looks like their shit is employed and ran by their shit or whatever. Chinatown in Chicago. It's a Chinatown all over the goddamn place. Where's the Africa town? Africa town is motherfucking Brewster Douglas projects. Where you in there just murdering each other left and right. Now, I'm not saying that stuff is not for systematic reasons because we were destroyed, we were given less opportunity in those times. Brewster Douglas, Douglas Projects is 100 motherfucking years old, right? And this shit torn down now, but I'm just being funny and saying that the only Africa Town we got is projects, which is by design in a lot of ways, but what I'm saying is, today, where the fuck is Africa Town? All these motherfucking millionaires, I'm going to get to this shit too. Next clip. You can't blame
4: everything on, on having a fatherless family, right? Because I didn't say blaming everything. I know, but, but that's what you're saying. You're saying a strong community. But no, you, you said that's what I just Asian said. Community. I didn't say you that. You talk about the Asian community. Asian community, it's easy for them to get loans for entrepreneurships. It's easy for them to get loans for houses. You look at our community. Okay. If, you really, if you really want to talk about our community, right, you look at the schools in our community. Some of our schools are the worst, right? Oh, I meant to say,
0: um, I, I meant to say, I didn't even get to my point. Japanese and Chinese Americans did not come and go— they didn't come to this country the way that we did, and they didn't go through what we did. Yes, they might have been put in in internment camps. Yes, they might have been uh, targeted um, violently by black people and white people because racism is um, not—it does not discriminate. Racism hates everyone, right? If you're a fucking neo-Nazi, you don't like nobody but pure white— white people or whatever the fuck they believe, some dumb shit, Right? But to say that Japanese Americans and Chinese Americans could do it, why can't we do it? It's kind of a little unfair to me because they did not go through what we went through. They can build on a foundation that's not as fucked up and faulty as ours because we came out of some shit that destroyed us morally. It destroyed us internally. It destroyed us psych uh, psychologically. It destroyed us physically. It destroyed us in a lot of ways. We had people, you know, mass- we talking about mass murders. we talking about mass graves of black people being thrown into them bitches, people being burnt, people being hung, people being—our uh, t- towns being overrun and destroyed and burnt down and bombed and all type of shit that Japanese and Chinese people did not go through in America. I'm not saying that they didn't go through some fucked up shit, but I am saying that they didn't go through what we went through. So I don't necessarily agree to say—to compare us to them and say um, why, like, damn near, like, they're doing better than us. Why why do you—why is that? It's because they didn't have to go through what we went through. It's like if you put three motherfuckers in a race, a white man, a black man, and a Chinese man in a fucking race and you put a goddamn anvil on our ankle or you cut our goddamn foot off or you skin us alive and make a lamp out of us, how the fuck are we going to win that race? You know what I'm saying? It's a metaphor, of course. But what I'm saying is with the people who have been through what the fuck we have been through and continue to go through in a lot of ways and we have been through most recently... Japanese and Chinese people have not had to go through that. They had their own struggles, sure. Jewish people had their own struggles, sure. Irish people had their own struggles, absolutely. Shit ain't got nothing on what black people went through in this particular country though. So I understand why Japanese and Chinese people are ahead of us in those ways because they were not starting a race with an anvil chained to their ankle. And that's just the truth. I could be objective and talk about both sides. I agree with a lot uh, what Larry Elder is saying, but you cannot act like even even in the ways that I feel today where I'm less I'm less willing to like be sympathetic and apologetic for black people today because of the shit that I know as a man and as a as an observer of this world, we have less excuses than niggas is acting like we do, right? But I still understand the position that we're in is a very complicated one with a long history of shit that backs it up and that um Permeates the ground that we grow out of, right? Let's continue. Would you agree it, with it, that? Yes it, or no? Absolutely. Which right? is why yeah, we don't is have, why, Wi-Fi, which don't is have why, education. Which is don't why have one, books. Of the, one of the reasons I'm
1: running for president is for school
4: also, choice. Also, would you say that is, in, in our community is. It's, it's, it's also in our community is heavy food deserts. There's nothing but fast food places mm-hmm. that are just killing and destroying that. Would you say that's, that's true? That's
0: systemic, too. By the way. Boy.
1: Uh, you well,
4: you would you say that's true? I'm just asking a question.
1: Okay, you said a number of things. I just addressed one of them about loans.
0: For the record, I think out of the three people on this show, Breakfast Club, DJ Envy was the one. That I um, found myself understanding and agreeing the most, even, most, even though I don't I don't agree with his demeanor. He was kind of dismissive and kind of like, kind of girly and feminine in the way he he was sitting there listening to him like this, like, mm, what you got to say? Like, I think that shit is disrespectful. I think if you invited this man to your show, I think if he's 71 years old and he's y'all elder, he's a black man that lived twice as much life as all the people on this fucking show. Um, you need to show this man a little more respect, even if you disagree with him. That's how I feel. You know, I don't think that you should just disrespect him and do this while you're talking like, mm-hmm, yeah, whatever, nigga, mm-hmm. I think that's some girly-ass, soft-ass shit to do, you know what I'm saying, but taking that away from it, I think um, DJ Envy I agree with the most, let's continue. Uh,
1: in 1965- I'm trying my best to keep uh, this short. I'm Barack so Obama, sorry. Barack Obama, who was in, in private practice, Uh, joined a bunch of other lawyers to file a class action lawsuit against Citicorp, which is headquartered here in New York. 186 uh, black people were applying for loans for mortgages and they didn't get them, and they accused Citicorp of engaging in racism. Mm -hmm. Citicorp said, no, it's not racism. You have poor credit scores, and we want to make sure we get our money back. Uh, Obama joined a bunch of other lawyers, and they sued uh, Citicorp in a class action lawsuit, and Citicorp said, okay, to hell with it. Gave them all loans. Uh, And They followed them all up, Daily Caller did a few years later. Almost all of them lost their homes. Several of them filed for bankruptcy. One of them even said, you know, when you don't qualify for a loan, maybe we shouldn't get a loan. Well, duh, it wasn't true that black people were not getting loans. Uh, Plus, there are all sorts of uh, black-owned community banks around the country, and it turns out the turndown rate when you apply for a loan at a black community bank was even higher because they had less capital and they couldn't afford to loan money to risky people. It is just not the case that the reason for the plight of the black community is because people were not lending money to them.
4: It's just not true. That's, not, right. true. Yeah, but, yeah, that's but, not true, but hold on one second, true? you bring about facts of
1: 1965,
4: right? Let's talk 2023, right? I said 1995. 1995, We we'll talk 2023, right? my son will be successful in real estate and successful in buying a house you know why because of because owns of you house. because, because his of you owns a house right but my father and you and and the his drive, sister the drive because and his, of you and, and the his drive you put did into did him. not own houses i because let of you, you, you and the drive you put me. into it, we're not going to have a conversation mean, you, not You're not even appreciating what you've done to your son i'm just asking you a question i just let you speak and i let you talk you can talk we have a conversation when we talk about it right it's harder for our community to get to get loans right and not just because of poor credit scores it's because of of where the areas are you talked about the asian community a lot of the asian community have their own banks and they're able to process and get their own banks. There's not too many African American branches that are able to give out money. So that's one. Then let's talk about getting grants for schools. They're not even giving grants for schools at the rate that they're giving grants for white people.
0: Um, I think I just accidentally exited the video, but it's cool. We get the we get the gist. Um, um, there's a lot said there. So DJ Envy said um, his son would be successful in real estate. And then he said, you know why? I said, because his father owns the house. And Larry Elder tried to piggyback off that and say, yeah, because of you. Basically, what he's saying is like, yes, you're a father in the home, which is his whole point. But um, I kind of agree. I, Larry Elder said a bunch of shit about black people not—basically, um, he said, no, they were not being denied for loans because of their race. They were being denied for their loans because of their credit scores. Um, see, this is where I started to kind of break away from those, um, um, like— Black Republicans, I guess I could just label them as that, where they have that, um, where they're like white, you know, they're like black faces with white insides or with white thoughts and shit like that. I don't want to call him that. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just trying to make you understand what I'm saying. I break away from those types of people and their thinking and their ideologies when they start to say things almost as if there's like absolutely nothing racist at all that has ever happened. Because I know that for a fact that that's not true. They've done plenty of studies where black people can, because he's about to cite one. DJ Envy actually cited one where he said lenders or lendees or whatever you call them, the people going in trying to get loans of all different races, they all had the same credit scores, went in for a loan, and the black people were disproportionately denied those loans. And I've heard of that for decades now that that being a thing, right? Not just a thing that we imagined, but a thing that actually happened, whether it was because of the, the location you were trying to get a loan or because they knew you were black and all that type of stuff. Redlining is real. You know, keeping people in a motherfucking neighborhood and then inside of that neighborhood, you deny loans and you you don't let, allow them to refinance and all these types of things. You're like shutting black people out of the um, the uh, availability of wealth or the availability of funds and capital to do the things that they that the average American was doing at the time, whether it was fixing up their homes, um, like I said, refinancing to invest in themselves and all those types of things. We were denied those opportunities, and I know for a fact that we were. But he's making it seem like it's always been an even playing field. It has not always been an even playing field, and I will never agree with that because we already have the data to support that it was not, right? So let's just continue. This video is going to be long as fuck. I'm looking at the time. So we can move on to the next one. This is number seven. What did you think about that? Well, sir, you
3: you were actually one that defended slavery. Uh, In your comments, you said that like it or not, slavery was legal in response to reparations. So it's you that was defending slavery, correct?
1: Uh, Defending it and saying that it's illegal are two very different things. Slavery, well, was, sla- slavery, a, was, slavery, unfortunate. slavery. Unfortunately, slavery. Unfortunately, well, that was your response. That slavery was your
3: response un- to if reparations should, if reparations well, should I, happen. So but, your but, response I, to that was like it or not, slavery was legal, and one would think that that was a defense on those who. Well, were what you
1: would think it was a defense, but yeah, but, 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 but it is not a defense. Unfortunately, slavery has been part and parcel of human history from the very beginning. Asians enslaved Asians, whites, whites enslaved whites, blacks enslaved blacks, Native.
0: I don't think that's a valid argument because that has nothing to do with me. I understand that um, slavery has been a thing all throughout human history, but I don't give a fuck. If somebody hits me, I can't say, well, it's cool because everybody else got hit too. I don't give a fuck. I'm I'm responsible for defending myself and standing up for myself and vindicating myself. Just because Arabs were enslaved and Irish were enslaved and white people were enslaved and all these people were enslaved doesn't mean that I don't get to stand up and talk about what I went through or stand up for myself and fight for what I deserve. I don't give a fuck. If I like I said, if I'm sitting in a classroom and somebody walks through that motherfucker and slap everybody in the face, I can't be like, well, you know, my my pain is invalid because everybody else got slapped too. No, I'ma stand just because everybody else turned the other cheek, don't mean I can't stand up and beat the shit out of this nigga. You know what I'm saying? The way that I react to something or the way that I fight for something doesn't have to be contingent upon what everybody else did. Just because slavery happened to everybody else doesn't mean I don't get to stand up and talk about that shit. I don't agree with that. You know what I'm saying?
1: Just, you know, that I I, I don't know how else to say it. That's it. American slave Native, Native Americans, this is a culture, the Western civilization, that had a revulsion against it. We had a civil war against it. Uh, and we ought to applaud ourselves for doing something about this. Uh, this is a flawed country. It's moving forward. Uh, it's becoming more perfect all the time. Today, if you are... Uh, born and raised in America, that. if you finish high school, presumably one where you-
0: I know, you know, based on listening to people that are much older than me, whether it be my mother, my father, my grandmother, my granddad, whatever, whoever it is I talk to, uncles, aunties, old people on interviews, or whatever I watch, um, the, the, the country was much fucking worse than it, than it is today. You know, we acting like it's still the same, like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we still black people and we still take this stance and we still fight from this position that we're in. But our fight is not the same as it was a fucking hundred years ago, bro. A hundred years ago, only thing black people could do was shine shoes or sell newspapers or some dumb shit like that. You know what I'm saying? They You know, it's not the same. There's plenty of black people riding around in rafes and got $600,000 worth of jewelry on their neck and all that type of shit. And, and niggas has got got all this opportunity and got all this capital, all this money that they running around with today, and they're doing all this dumb shit with it, bruh. You know, that's what he's trying to say. We're not even appreciative of the opportunities that we have today. We're acting like we're still fighting the same fight that we was 100 years ago. It's not. In the fucking 20s, imagine living in America in the 1920s as a black man. Slavery just ended 60 years ago. Like, you might have been a fucking slave, still alive. Imagine what that felt like. Imagine what that was like. There's no technology. Ain't no cell phones. You can't run around. You can't get chased by a group of white men and pull out your cell phone and call the police. No. You just get caught and you get your motherfucking ass beat. You can't go on the social media and say nothing. And the a matter of fact, and if you did, if there was cell phones and social media and you said some shit that white people didn't like, they would come and find your ass. Why? Because the motherfucking court system and the police And everything was on their side so they could come and lynch you and get away with that shit in the way that they did just 60 years ago when they did it, 70 years ago when they did it to Emmett Till. That's not the same America that we're living in today. Just face it. It's just facts, bro. It makes, like, pay attention. I'm not saying you still can't get fucked up. I was in Missouri on my P's and Q's because I knew them motherfuckers didn't like me, but them not liking me is, I don't give a fuck about that. Just don't touch me. Just don't try to do some shit to destroy me. You know what I'm saying? But that's not what our ancestors were going through. Our ancestors was going through shit like they couldn't look a white man in his eyes. Or if a white man was walking up the fucking sidewalk, you had to cross the street. This ain't the same America, man. Come on, bro.
1: You can read, write, and compute at grade level, which is why I support school choice. Don't have a kid before you're 20. Get married first. Get a job. Keep a job. Don't quit it until you get another job. And avoid the criminal justice system. You will not be poor. And if you don't follow that formula, there's a good chance you will be.
0: Let's just move on.
1: 1997, Time Magazine and CNN hooked up together to do a poll on what black teenagers and white teenagers felt about racism. Mm -hmm. And both of them were asked, is racism a major problem in America? Both of them said yes. But then Time and CNN asked this question of of the black teenagers. Is racism a big problem, a small problem, or no problem in your own daily life? This is 1997. 89% 89% of them said small problem or no problem in my own daily life. In fact, twice as many blacks said failure to take advantage of available opportunities is a bigger problem than racism. That was 1997. Twice, 1997, look it up.
2: It's 2023, though.
1: You think America's more racist now after the election and re-election of Barack Obama than it was in 1997?
2: Yes, because of the election of uh, MAGA, Donald Trump, 100%. Yes.
0: Really? Charlemagne says that the country is more racist in 2023 than it was in 1997. I do not agree with that. I don't think it has anything, you know, Larry Elder tried to say the election of Barack Obama is an indicator that it's not racist. I don't think that's the indicator that I need. Barack Obama being elected me. I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't mean anything to me, but that's not what makes me feel like the country is less racist. You know, I feel like that shit is, is just a political game. I think, Um, I think it is a, I think it is an indicator in some ways that the country is less racist, but that is not like the Holy grail of like, uh, we are in a better place today just because a nigga was elected. That's that, that's not the, the thing. The thing that makes me feel like the country is less racist is because my father told me that he was chased out of gross point by a group of white boys calling him nigger, telling him to go back across the border to Detroit. That happened to my father. You know, that wasn't in the 90s. That shit was probably in the 70s when he was a kid. But my point is, it's not like that anymore. I go to Gross Point all the time. We all do. I just went to Gross Point Pointe and shopped at Kroger, and nobody said shit to me. In fact, there was a bunch of black people working in that Kroger in Gross Point. There's a bunch of black people living in that Grosse Pointe area. There's a bunch of white people in that area when I went to Grosse Pointe, and they didn't say shit to me. Now, they might not like me. They might look at me and say, oh, there's... Fucking darky over here again. But that shit don't mean nothing to me. Everybody could think negative things about me all day, including black people. That's not racism. Racism is a motherfucker saying, oh, we don't like that shit. Go and get him the fuck out of here. And then a motherfucker come and beat me across my head and drag me across the border and say, don't you come back or we're going to lynch you next time. That's, to me, what racism, true racism looks like. Or a motherfucker saying... Or a motherfucker having a sign, welcome to Gross Point, no black people allowed, or no black people allowed after 9 p.m. That's not what we going through. Y'all niggas is walk around complaining about people not liking you. I don't give a fuck about that. Man, come on, let's keep going. 1997. Next clip, sorry.
1: Do I believe Hillary was treated differently and Joe Biden treated differently than Donald Trump is being treated? Yes, I do. Is that an indictment about whether or not America is systemically racist? No, it is not. Those are they're, two, they're two totally two different, different, things. Two different things. Yes, You're, yes, you're
3: trying are. to merge the two, but they're two totally different things. I agree with you. The two different things. No, no still, we're, we're
1: agreeing. We're agreeing. They're two different things. We're agreeing.
3: No, we're agreeing. The two different things. We're not agreeing that there's not systematic racism oh, man. because we're.
0: So at this point in the interview, bro, we're like 40 minutes into the interview out of an hour-long interview. Hour in the hour and three, four, five minutes, right? This motherfucker, this woman has been talking about the word system the whole fucking time, bro. She never stopped saying the word system. She's trying to make this nigga say that the system is the system, the systematic systemic system is ran by white people. But he's already said that. She keeps talking about the system. She never had nothing else to say. She's talking about everything she talks about leads down the same fucking road to the word system. Like, this bitch was the worst thing about this interview. I don't know who this woman even is. I went and looked up her Instagram, and I was just like, who the fuck are you? You know, she's much more famous and probably more rich than me, but this bitch did not have a fucking thing to really offer to this conversation other than the word system, my, my nigga. System, system, systematic, systemic. The system, white system, white people system. Now watch what she about to say right here. Let me point out before she says it that earlier she said um, when he was talking about the welfare, welfare, welfare system, she said, um, who was running it? And he was like, Lyndon B. Johnson. He was like, She was like, so was the system ran by white people or black people? She said, he's like, OK, fine. Lyndon B. Johnson was white, but black voters helped get him in that position in the first place. She didn't want to hear that. She didn't want to talk about that. So she said because the president was a white man, the system was ran by white people. Now watch this. I'm not
3: talking about mayors. I already know that talking talking point, sir. I go on Fox News all the time as well. So let's not let's not go there with that. I said, what system have we created? Have we implemented that we have been in charge of? Name one.
2: Is this why you don't like talking to black women, Larry
0: Elder?
1: Wow. Um, Baltimore, (laughs) Uh, Freddie Gray. No, no, no.
0: She talking like she really like spitting right now, but she's not spitting right now. She's not. That's mayors.
3: I'm not talking. I said system. I'm Remember going to like tell the you system. about
1: this system if you allow me to finish my point. I'm not my talking God. about somebody
3: elected and doing a job, sir. I asked what system did we create? What financial okay, system Okay, let's talk did about the system of one of let them, the largest.
1: Let say his thank point, you. Then. One of the systems of one of the largest uh, uh, cities in America, Baltimore. Uh, Freddie Gray died in police custody a few years ago. Uh, the mayor was black. The head of the police department was black. Number two. Uh, it's not uh, person- in
3: charge of the system, but go ahead. Number go two wrong, person bitch.
1: in charge of the police department was black. All, Still the, not in all, all, of the, all the city council, Democrats, majority black. Six, Still not in charge
3: of the system. Wow. Six
1: That's a o- Six officers charged, three of them were black. A judge before whom two of the officers tried their case, found him not guilty, was black.
4: Still uh, not the, in charge of the,
1: the system. The uh, city uh, uh, attendant of public schools was black. The county superintendent of public schools is black. Uh, the attorney general at the time, Loretta Lynch, is black, as was the president of the United States, was black. And yet... Still not in people...
0: charge of the system. So Jesus Christ, bro. Sykes... He just went down a whole list of all the people when Freddie Gray got killed in police custody. He just went down a whole list of a bunch of major key players in, in these systems were black, including the fucking president was black. And she said, no, we still not in control of the system. So I wish this nigga would have turned to her and said, then what the fuck do look, What do it look like to be in control of the system then? Because earlier when he said Lyndon B. Johnson was white, you said, okay, they, exactly. Because it's a white president, it's white people in control of the system. Now this nigga just named a dozen motherfucker that was black, including the fucking president. And she like, no, still not in still not control of the system. We never been in control of no system. We never been in control of nothing. Here he is naming all these niggas with jobs and positions and shit that influence the decisions in the courtroom and all of these things. The city council people, all of that was black. And she's saying, we never been in control of nothing. That's fucking ridiculous. Excuse me, man. But I got to get this shit off. See, this is... That right there is almost the most important part of this interview to me. I watched this interview like 8, 9, 10 times over the last 4 days, right? I watched this so many times. And the reason is because not only was I impressed by the way Larry Elder held himself in this interview against 3 people, mind you, in somebody else's studio, You know, surrounded, literally surrounded by three people that do not agree with anything that he's saying. I mean, the most things that he's saying, right? Um, I was impressed. It's like a train wreck that I can't look away from because of how terrible this Teslin chick is. She's terrible. She's a terrible, terrible debater or whatever you want to call it. She's terrible. She didn't offer very much to the fucking conversation other than talking about the fucking word system, over and over again right but this part is so fucking important to me because earlier she said because Lyndon B. Johnson was black I mean white that white people control the system which means she's giving credence and power to the position of president when he said black voters are the ones he said it was mostly black democrats that voted this nigga in and she said I don't want to talk about that I'm talking about the system So she ain't want to talk about the fact that black people had a hand in appointing this nigga as president. But then she said she gave power and credence to the position of president when it was a Lyndon B. Johnson doing it. And it was a white man who instituted these things and he was in control of the system. Now he's saying there was a fucking black president, a, a, a black chief of police, a black head second in charge of the police, black lawyers and black judges and black city council and and Congress people and all kind of shit. And she's saying, we still not in control of the system. That right there is victimhood. Motherfucker just clinging to being the victim. Motherfucker clinging to be underneath, less than no matter what the fuck you got. Because earlier when Lyndon B. Johnson was president, she was cool with that, saying, oh, no, no, all the power was in white people's hands. Now he's naming all these motherfuckers. And earlier in the interview, he even said, Nigga, there's been presidents of the Doctor's League or whatever the fuck he said, and presidents of all these different things. There's been leaders of black, uh, leaders of banks and all there's all the not to mention all this shit that he didn't talk about, all these black men like Suge Knight and P. Diddy and Jay-Z running all these labels and shit with all this power and being in bed with all these liquor companies and rock nation and all uh, live nation and all of this shit that's been going on for the last 20, 30 years, right? I'm not saying this wipes away racism. I'm not saying this is an evidence that there isn't racism. That's not my stance. There's still racism. There's still systematic racism in very small ways to this day. I understand that. But my point is we are in such a better position today to fight that shit than we was 60 motherfucking years ago. That's my point. He named the president. All these things. We still not in control of the system. How the fuck not? So if that is not running the system and you got a black president, black, black, everything, a black vice president today and all of that shit. Right. Then what the fuck do being in control of the system actually look like to her? What does it look like? What would it look like for black people to run the system if being the president and the, the judge, the lawyer, the chief of police and all of that shit? What do it look like? Black mayors all over the country. What does it look like to be in control of the system then? What are you talking about? Some sort of secret cabal? They supposed to be the black ones, then we in control of the system? What is it? A shadow government? What would it be? What what do niggas need to feel empowered? What do niggas need to feel like we are capable? All this money, niggas driving around in fucking $90,000, yeah, Hellcats. Driving around in these demons, shooting and killing each other over these fucking cars. When that's more money than niggas probably ever made in their whole lifetime. Granted, there's inflation and the cost of living is much more than it used to be. But my point is, we plan with money that niggas back then would have killed to get. Niggas making 15 cents a week and shit like that in the early 1920s. We driving $90,000 cars, still robbing each other, nigga. The problem ain't white people. I'm more afraid of you niggas than I am of a white person. I go outside every day. I have my pistol on me some days. I go outside with my shotgun if I have to because you niggas is outside. Not because I'm worried about a KKK member pulling up. No, because I'm worried about one of you niggas jumping the curb, speeding up the street, going 70 miles an hour on a residential street and killing my kids. Or because I'm afraid you're going to see me with some shit that you want and come and blow my brains out in front of my children. Or because I'm afraid that a nigga going, man, dog, I'm more afraid of you niggas than I'm afraid of a motherfucking KKK member or some white man living in Livonia or Bloomfield. I don't give a fuck about them niggas. And they don't give a fuck about me for the most part. All we deal with is going to the restaurant and feeling like a motherfucker. You know, we call everything racism now. Rosa Parks was denied a seat on the fucking front of the bus. And you go into a motherfucking crab shack and they didn't seat you fast enough. They gave a white people a, a, a seat before you and now you calling Al Sharpton, nigga. I don't even know where the fuck we was now from the
1: president to the attorney general, to the state attorney, uh, to the mayor, to the head of the police department, uh, to the commissions of the schools in the city and in the county, uh, to the majority of city council in that city. All of them are black. And you're still saying that we don't run anything. So who's the Charlie the no, no, no,
3: no. I, I said who created the system. I didn't say we didn't run anything. No, you I, didn't I,
0: say that. You didn't say who created the system. You said who's running the system. Now she's talking about
3: challenge a lot of those black leaders by the way. I said who when we talk about the system, who what black people have been in charge of any system? I'm not talking about a position. I'm not talking about a mayor. You know what?
0: What the fuck do the position do? If they're not in charge of the system, what the fuck do it mean then? City council people in Detroit have been mostly black. Martha Reeves is on the city council, a bitch that sung for Motown and shit. You can't get much blacker than that. That bitch is on city council, or she used to be. Kwame Kilpatrick was a black mayor. We had a fucking black crackhead as a mayor in D.C. We got a fucking bull dyke as a mayor in Chicago or wherever the fuck she was at. What do that mean? They, they are the ones... Making policies and writing laws and changing shit with their hands. What do it look like to run the system then? Man, you niggas is crazy, dog. Basically,
2: Basically saying that they're just so, they're black
0: faces that are still in those correct. positions, so, so, but they're so, still so, in the Correct. Similar to
2: you,
3: Mr. So, Elder. So, you're so, a black face in, in a position in the conservative so, movement. They're they're just the same. They're just on the other side.
0: I'm so sorry for the length of this video. This is the last one.
1: In order for you to go 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 to jail, you have to commit a crime. If you walk down the street... Miami, not
0: always when you're black. I agree with Charlemagne there. Just because you go to jail does not mean you committed a crime. Mass incarceration is fueled a lot by a lot of motherfuckers being given um, much larger sentences than their white counterparts and all of that type of stuff. There's evidence. We don't even got to argue about that shit. Niggas selling the same drugs as a white man and the black man go to jail for 30 years. The white man go to jail for five and shit like that or 10 or 15 even. You know, half the time that the black man would go, or motherfuckers walking up the street. There, you know what I mean. Times I've been watching Fox Two News. Excuse me, let me wet my whistle. I'm so sorry. I'm trying my best to keep this video under um, 40 hours long. Ooh You know what I mean, motherfucking times. I've been watching the goddamn news and seen a story about a black man being released because he was wrongfully co- convicted. 40 motherfucking years ago, this nigga did 37 years in prison and he being released and he just like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to, you know, I'm just so thankful to be home to my family. I'm so thankful to be free. I get to live my last years of being free. You know, I don't think that shit is no motherfucking mistake, nigga. All these black men being framed for shit and all of that stuff and niggas going to jail for 37 years and they've been pleading their case all this time and their shit been getting swept under the rug and all these DAs and... Judges and panel members of the the fucking um, parole board and all that shit being like, no, nah, we're not listening to that. You're going to still serve this fucking 40 years, even though there's m- s- just massive amounts of evidence that proves you that wasn't even near the crime scene. And they still made these niggas serve these sentences. The motherfucking Jenna Six and all of this shit that's happened. Niggas, you don't got to be doing a crime to go to jail, nigga.
1: Well, where are the class action lawsuits, Charlemagne? We have all these black lawyers, uh, many black people uh, have gone to law school. Where are the class action lawsuits uh, claiming that a bunch of people are behind bars uh, illegally, wrongfully? Where are they?
2: So you think everybody that's behind I didn't bars is behind bars? I, I, I didn't say that. I, why
1: don't you answer my question? Where are the class action lawsuits?
2: Well, you got to need money to do class you action have, lawsuits. You have, you you've, had a,
1: you've had a black attorney general, Eric Holder. Uh, you had back-to-back black attorneys general, Eric Holder, and then Loretta Lynch. Why didn't they release a whole bunch of uh, people who are illegally behind bars. Why didn't they do that? You had a black president. And I criticized
3: criticized them as well. Went on Mm -hmm. record because actually you're right. Uh, He lied and said that he was going to fix the crack cocaine disparity. So I went on record. You're right. And guess what? Guess who he works for? The system. So he's just a black face that works for the system at the time. What the fuck are you talking about? She's
0: overlooking the fact that what he's basically pointing out is that you had all these black people in position to either do a class action lawsuit or like he said, there was a black president. There was uh, Eric Holder, all these people. Why are they not freeing all these black people that were wrongfully convicted? What he's pointing out, even if this is not what he means, but this is what I think he means, is that you had all these black people in position and they didn't give a fuck about doing that shit. They didn't give a fuck about freeing nobody black. They didn't give a fuck about putting together no class action lawsuit. And then when he said, Where's the class action lawsuit? Charlemagne says, Well, you need money to do that. Here you are sitting in the room, at least in that room. DJ Envy and Charlemagne are both millionaires. And they know dozens and dozens of other ones. There was no such thing. Nigga, in the 60s or the 50s, there was only like Sidney Poitier and motherfucking Bill Cosby or some shit. You know, there was a few millionaires in the 70s. There are so fucking many now. So if niggas want to talk about class acts and law and political movements or putting together parties, why the fuck are y'all not pooling y'all resources together? because there are a bunch of weak-ass niggas who don't want to take accountability for shit, you don't know how to organize, y'all don't want to work together, and you just want to sit around and fucking complain and talk about what white people did all day instead of pulling your shit together and doing it your motherfucking self. This nigga talking about, so you need some money for a classification lawsuit, but these niggas all wear Rolexes and shit. Man, listen, bro. Fuck y'all niggas, dog. That's my stance. Niggas don't do shit but talk. I didn't, it took me till I was 30 years old to realize that. Niggas don't want to do shit but talk. Niggas, I'm sitting in a house that two black men put their money together to buy. My cousin and my homeboy, they said, shit, well, there's some property over here. Let's buy that and let's go half from that bitch. And they did that shit. That's all it takes. Group economics, bitch-ass nigga. But here, here this black man, Larry Elder, is talking to this man. I'll just end it because we ain't going to play no more clips. This nigga talking to these black men about class action lawsuits and his response was, well, you need money for that. But bitch ass nigga, you is a full on millionaire. So if I know two black men who could come together with a few thousand dollars and buy a whole fucking house, you got millions of dollars. And a steady stream of income and sponsorships and book sales and all kind of shit. DJ Envy flipping real estate, and they know hundreds of rappers. This nigga's a DJ. They know so many motherfucking rappers. They both know Jay Z. So why not organize, bitch ass nigga? Why not get all your rich ass friends that's driving around in million dollar whips, and walking around with a million dollars worth of jewelry and diamonds and gold on their arms and neck and shit in their ears? Why not stop buying that bullshit, put your motherfucking money together, and make a fucking move, bitch-ass nigga? It's because niggas like talking. Niggas don't like doing shit.